Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. And tonight it's Trista and Nick as we get closer and closer to Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't know if we really need the Super, but whatever, Trista. We could just throw that out there. It always feels kind of corny to me when they call it that, but I guess it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if we can't say Super Bowl, we have to say the big game, and they shouldn't be able to say Super either until Super Bowl. <laughs> So I'm just glad we've gotten to the postseason now. Like I feel like once you get to about week 15, 16, you get to that spot where there's obviously still teams in the run. Like that's week 18 still had meaningful games. But don't you just get to that point where like I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for just all of the teams that earned it get in there. Two of my favorite weekends in sports are wild card re- weekend and the division round. Both of them. You just get meaningful games one after the other after the other. Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. And all of it is just like it's it, it's just it's on its own, right? You're not sitting there and you have overlapping NFL games and ones where like I gotta watch this, but it doesn't really mean anything. It's bad teams. This is we're getting to to, to some of like the best weekends in sports. Yeah, I agree, man. It's uh it's my favorite time of the year in the NFL calendar because you're right. Yeah, I I get a little bit stressed out trying to figure out what's happening in every single game, and I got red zone on, and I got eight other games on. It's just it's too much. Ashu, it's too much. Yeah, I uh, listen. You can you can sit there and be as ADD and focused and do whatever. I mean, I just it, it's it overlaps no matter what. So one thing I will say this though is the week by week roller coaster that is the Buffalo Bills is one of the most frustrating things that there. I mean, I love what that team is is like. I love them when they're at their best, but man, having to cover them or having to be a fan of them has got to be just like. It's got to be an emotional roller coaster. We bring on Ryan O'Halloran from the Buffalo News. I'm assuming, man, like the week-by-week roller coaster that you have trying to cover this team has got to just be like, – you don't know what you're going to get from this team or what you're going to get from Josh Allen week-by-week. So I ask you a question that you probably don't have an answer to, but we're going to try. What team will we see this weekend from the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, well, good to join you guys tonight. And, and you're right about those close games. If I had any hair left, it'd be gone by now. Uh, because you're, you're constantly having the rewrite, right, rewrite, right. But to your to your question, Nick, is that's the thing about this Bills team. They've won five in a row, yet I still think they're inconsistent. And, you know, they, they look lights out against the Chiefs and the Cowboys. They struggle against the Chargers. They struggle against the Patriots. And then they come from behind and play it and shut out the Dolphins in the second half on Sunday night to win the division. So, I think the the Bills team you're going to get uh, uh, this Sunday against Pittsburgh is, hey, run it, play field position, and then start getting ready for maybe another game against the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and this is the best seating that Buffalo has had. I always say, in, like in golf, nobody's taking pictures, Ryan. Like the spot that they're in is very good. So I, I'm curious – what explains to you the change in attitude since the off week where they, they fire Ken Dorsey? It felt like things were never worse, right? That Denver loss was abysmal. Was it just getting healthier? Was there some sort of culture change going on? Uh, what do you make of that? Uh, you know, two parts, and, and let's start with the defenses. You know, they went into the bye uh, after that Philadelphia overtime loss. The defense looked broken. Yeah, they had injuries, but that was, you know, two months before. You're supposed to, you know, regroup after that. But they weren't tackling well. They weren't creating turnovers. They're getting nothing from Von Miller. Sean McDermott, who doubles as a defensive play caller, spent that bye week looking at all the situations where they're coming up short in these one-possession games. 
Maybe he's a little more aggressive earlier in games to see if he can create some takeaways, which has worked. Flip it over to offense. You mentioned the coordinator change. Joe Brady, they're 5-1 and one with him calling the plays. A greater emphasis on the run game. That's benefited James Cook. And then when you get down to the one, the two, the three-yard line, you have a tank playing quarterback in Josh Allen. Just run it a couple times, and he'll get there, which he did 15 times this year. I know we've gone through a couple of different coordinators there, obviously, but one of the big conversations, certainly outside of Buffalo, has been Stephon Diggs and the beginning of the season and then the middle of the season. You're like, well, where did he go? And then we start to see flashes of that, you know, at the end of the year again. Was it a like a scheme thing? Was it a we want to show you that we can win with? Like I heard, I've heard that thrown around. It's like, well, they, maybe they're trying to show them that like, hey, we can win without you. Like, what was the reason for just the inconsistent? I guess just the targets and the usage for Stephon Diggs this season. Yeah, and those first six games you mentioned five five one hundred yard games. He was probably overused at that point, and that because that's a pace that really isn't sustainable. That said, he hasn't had a hundred yard game since then. You know, four catches for 40 yards, three catches for 30 yards. And, you know, the big plays weren't there. He had the he had the 36-yarder against Miami on Sunday night. That was his longest catch since week five against Jacksonville. So I think, I think Sunday night was important to get him going. They have gone to him. Josh Allen missed him on a bomb against the Patriots two weeks ago, missed him on another long shot where he beat Jalen Ramsey on Sunday night. So uh, I just – you know, I think the coverage stuff, they're putting a safety over the top on third down. But also I think what Joe Brady is sort of instilled in Josh Allen is, you know, take that short profit. Uh, maybe don't force it into coverage because you got to get digs, digs your touches. But that said, I do think they moved him around a little bit more on Sunday night, played him inside a little bit more, get him that free release from a bunch formation because you're going to need him against these good teams. You're going to need him in the playoffs. You talked about, you know, Josh, just take the the spot that the defense gives you. Don't force it. Don't throw it into double coverage. But yet, Josh Allen has just continued to turn the ball over, Ryan. Uh, the team, it feels like it has been able to overcome that, those mistakes. But the playoffs, man, are a whole different ball game, especially against a team that's very opportunistic. They're down in the dumps, but they're still in the playoffs that the Steelers are. Like, what do you think happens here, and, and how do they fix that for Josh? 18 interceptions. And, and that's probably why he's not going to be the NFL MVP. All his other numbers rank favorably with Lamar Jackson. Uh, but you, you, you hit it right. Start from that first game of the season where he had four turnovers. He talked all offseason about being smarter with, you know, where to throw it. And, you know, not taking, you know, throwing into coverage yet. He did it week one. And it, it really hasn't disappeared with any kind of consistency. And that's got to be a concern. Is you, you look at the other night against Miami, they drive down the field with, you know, with great efficiency, yet he throws a red zone interception. The next drive on fourth down, he throws it up for grabs. End of the first half, he shows, throws short of the goal line, not a turnover, but cost him three points as the clock expired. Fumbled when he got sacked, not his fault. So I do think it's – you know, I don't want to say it's a ticking time bomb because that bomb has exploded a couple of times already this season, but – I did something they're aware of, and, and and you know against these good teams in the playoffs, you can't win with negative turnover uh, differential. They've done it a couple times this year, but it can't happen in the playoffs. So I think that's going to be a talking point for Josh Josh Allen and the staff this week. Is hey, just be smarter, trust your eyes, and don't just throw before you look. Why do you talking think to Ryan O'Halloran, Bet MGM to know. 
Oh, sorry, Ashley, go ahead. I thought you saw my thing. Why do you think that's so much different than last year, Ryan? Or at least in the Brian Dayball era where he really limited those turnovers? Yeah, and yeah, some, you, know, you hear the term athletic arrogance, which is you know, a positive. You know, he's a guy with an arm, thinks he can make every throw. Most of the time he can. Um, but I just think it's okay. What's he seeing with the coverage? Is he trying to force something? You know, each interception has a story, but the concern for Allen this year is a couple of them have been the, the exact same thing where, you know, he didn't see this, you know, he, he got tricked by the coverage, but then the next drive, he'll diagnose something, change the play, get a chunk play. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of a different story with each one, but uh, it, it just comes with regularity and that's, that's gotta be a concern. Talking to Ryan O'Halloran, BetMGM tonight. So this team has won five straight. They've won six of seven. And we've talked about, obviously, the roller coaster that's there. One thing that I really like in terms of teams that I want to back going into the playoffs are teams that are essentially in playoff mode going to, you know, into the playoffs. I mean, I always go back to you spent time in D.C., you know, like the Nats when they were 19 and 31. Playoff mode from May on. They all go on and they win a World Series. I see a Bills team right now that has that pressure and has had that pressure in their backs against the wall for a while. They're 10-point favorites. That's a big number against the Steelers this weekend. I feel like the market is certainly looking at them and the way that they have played and what they're capable of. But at the same time, going into this this game against the Steelers, there's no T.J. Watt. I like the Bills. I actually like the Bills to cover in this, too. I think the Bills win this... I don't want to say easily, but I, I do think that they're going to ride that momentum at least into this game. But is that a momentum that even going past this game, they win this? Can that carry over into a couple of other games, maybe an AFC championship game? Because, I mean, look, we know that they've had issues getting through the Chiefs over the last couple of years. This is a team that's had a lot of pressure, and really, if it, it's felt to me, and I don't know how it's felt to you, like the door and the window, whatever analogy you want to use, like it's kind of closing a little bit on them in terms of the core that they have and the expectations that are there for them now. Yeah, I mean, this season started with urgency for that very reason. Uh, your Super Bowl window, if you have Josh Allen, is always going to be open. But they're going to have to reset their cap after this season. They basically have said that they have a lot of high-priced veteran players, and so they 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 were going to you know, this is they're taking a run at this thing. And now, then after this season, you got to start looking to make some cuts. That playoff mode is interesting because you're right; they've had a, they've had zero margin for error for the last five weeks. But what I ask guys in the locker room on Sunday night is, hey, you know, how much you know can you keep it up? You know, now that you broke through and won the division, you know, what's left in the tank? And they're saying, hey, you got to reset the mind. You got to reset the body. I do think that kind of momentum does carry over if you stay relatively healthy. Russell Douglas didn't finish the game the other night. Gabe Davis didn't finish the game the other night. Tyrell Dotson, same thing. So that's three starters they, they won without. So I think if they if you get those guys back, I do think you can carry over because they've, they've, uh, they've fought adversity. They've emerged from it. They've thrived on it. And you mentioned that 10-point spread is this 2-7 game since the super wild card has been introduced, which is a terrible name. Um, it is. The Bills, the Bills have won two. The, the only two close games have been the Bills uh, over the Colts and the Dolphins. So they've sort of played down to the seeding a little bit. I think the weather could throw a real curveball into this game. Uh, but but I think you're right making that if, if it stays at 10. Like it could be close for a while, but then maybe like the Bills get a turnover and end up winning like 30 to 17 or something like that. Now, you, you mentioned just kind of the Bills playing down to the competition, and I know what the Steelers want to do. They want to give the ball to Najee Harris like 25 times and Jalen Warren another 10 to 15. 
Uh, Bills defensively against the run have been kind of a roller coaster, shaky at times so far this season. Like, how do you think the the Bills, especially with all those injuries on defense, are going to counter some of the things that Pittsburgh wants to do? Yeah, and and early in the season they just gave up a lot of explosive runs, you know, 20, 25 yards, which so that that yards per carry they weren't they weren't really able to recover from that. They're always been down in the rankings, but you know I think. The, what the big thing for the Bills with their run defense is they got Daquan Jones back uh, two weeks ago. He missed three quarters of the season with a torn pectoral. Uh, Puna Ford has been playing better, and they signed Linval Joseph uh, off the you know, off of free agency late in the season. So you got three big bodies you can throw at the at the Steelers, and then if you get Tyrell Dotson back, he's an enforcer at outside linebacker. So I think they have the they have the the big bodies up front to sort of uh, match up against the Steelers' run game. All right, got about 90 seconds here. You've watched this team the entire year. You've seen the ups. You've seen the downs. Where they're playing, at the level they're playing right now, what's the ceiling? How far do they go in the playoffs? Well, if they don't make the AFC title game, it should be a disappointment. Uh, you, you beat Pittsburgh. You're going to definitely be playing at home in the second round. You know, they've won at Kansas City the last two regular seasons. Chiefs never play here. Well, that would be an interesting game, Chiefs at Bills and Buffalo for a change. So if you can hold serve at home, go to Baltimore for that AFC title game, you can say at least you, you made it further than last year and you'll make the title game for the second time in four years. So if you fall short, that means you lost the game at home. That would be disappointing. Would you, would you rather play the Texans or the Chiefs if you're a Bills fan? Uh, if you're a Bills fan, I, I, I do still think that the, the Texans because – you look at Houston, they're probably a year ahead of schedule. If they upset Cleveland, now you're really getting in the house money range. And you go on the road, you've had a great run, and it's almost like you can take advantage of a rookie quarterback and a really young team who are just maybe a little bit happy to be in the second round. I would take any team over a team quarterback by Patrick Mahomes, even if he doesn't have any weapons outside of Kelsey. All right, I still have a chance to squeeze this in then. If this team does have a disappointing run in the playoffs, lose their first game, maybe even lose the second one, divisional round, whatever, are there big changes this offseason in Buffalo? Um, I think there, there's going to be the kind of changes uh, anyway to the roster. You know, Sean McDermott, who remain his coach, I think Joe Brady's done enough to stay as the offensive coordinator full-time. But, you know, they got Von Miller making a lot of money. Mitch Morse making a lot of money. Does he take a pay cut to stay? So, I think the changes are going to be big regardless. All right. Ryan O'Halloran, Buffalo News. Great to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you now. Yeah, it's tough, Trista, because, like, when you look at this team, you go, well, we've seen the turnovers from Josh Allen. We've seen the good. We've seen the bad. But then I see a team that's won six of seven and five straight, and I go, that's the formula for a team to play well in the playoffs. I, I kind of like the Bills to maybe go on a little bit of a run again. So do I, man. I'd love to be in Baltimore for the AFC title game. I don't know about you. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, that would be a hell of a game to watch those two. That's for sure. But it's going to be tough for anybody, I think, to knock off Baltimore as long as they can certainly all stay healthy. All right. We start our NFL power rankings the end of the regular season next. It's BetMGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. Okay. There we go. How much does Mike McCarthy want to rely on that in these early downs? Second down, Prescott put through again. Lamb in stride. Room to run. He's down inside the 20. Makes the move. C.D. Lamb is going to score. 
Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And how about them Cowboys, Trista? Woo! Helping my commanders get the number two pick, covering in the first half. I was a Cowboys fan for one day. I feel disgusting. I took two showers and covered myself in bleach. But you know what? It was worth it. And I'm very, it was very a glory happy. And you know what? Day, wasn't it? Did you feel like it was? Winner? It was glorious. It was glorious for us Cowboys fans, Trista. It was it yeah. was a great, great day for us. <laughs> How about our Cowboys, Nick? Our Cowboys. I I just I, I literally I had an out of body experience in that end of that first half, just praying for CD. I mean, it was just like, yeah, CD Lane, let's go. And I look around, I'm like, oh god, what, what what's happened to me? What are we doing? But you know what? It is what it is. When you got money, then you're fading your team, and you got a number two pick on the line. It is what it is, and you just have to deal with it. So, But here we are. We finally get to the playoffs now. And, you know, as we've done these power rankings throughout the year, right, I feel like the front end is there's been one or two teams, obviously, like the Eagles are one, and the Bills for a while were that team that just kind of plummeted. The Eagles are the team that's plummeted now. The Bills were that team before. But the front end, we had kind of like similar teams kind of rounding around the top five. The back end is where things have gotten crazy. I mean, we've watched the Broncos jump in for a while for some of us. Uh, the the Packers, the Texans, the the Chargers for a while. So we really have had. I feel like the like we talk about the parity in college football. The parity in the NFL is just as much, if not more. And I know Tom Brady called it mediocrity in the NFL. And I've kind of started to fall in line a little bit and kind of see what he's talking about there. But this does kind of play into what could be a really wild postseason in the NFL, which might make it really hard to bet on, right? Because as we get in there, we're going to think we know what's going on, and then you're going to have a couple of teams. Like, if you get the bad bills against the Steelers, we just talked to Ryan O'Halloran from the Buffalo News, and you look and go, if you get the bad bills, the Steelers could win that game with that offense under Mason Rudolph, which, again, that sentence coming out of my mouth just feels weird to even say. We we can't have that, honestly. We just That's not good for the NFL. That's not good for Bills fans. That's not good for betters. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people taking that 10, even though you know it's the biggest number, obviously, in, in the postseason so far. You've got the Green Bay Packers, who are, I think, seven-and-a-half-point dogs. But – yeah, no, you just can't have a team that really shouldn't even be in the playoffs at all beat the Bills. We just can't. Mm-hmm. We just had to have somebody step in, Ashu. That would be a problem. No. And then no T.J. Watt on top of that. I mean, you're losing your best pass rusher, one of the best in the NFL, the big weapon that you'd have against Josh Allen, disrupting him and what that offense can do. Yeah. The Steelers, uh, again, though, it's like, God, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, no matter what, they find ways. We said that for so long about Bill Belichick. Now it's becoming the Mike Tomlin. Now, I know it's not on the same level, hasn't won all the Super Bowls, hasn't had the playoff success, clearly, that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady had. But in reality, we, we blink and all of a sudden you're like, wait, got, the Steelers are in the playoffs again after everything that's happened this year. Yeah, I don't know how he does it every year with these terrible <laughs> rosters. The quarterback situation has been a mess ever since, really, Big Ben became washed and somehow they got into the playoffs yeah. during that kind of downturn as well I don't I really am amazed he should win coach of the year for this team even being in the playoffs I think honestly that's a great point there's a lot of coaches that have deserved coach of the year but Mike Tomlin should actually be in the mix but it's funny because how many times have we heard people wanting Mike Tomlin to be fired let me tell you something Steelers fans you do that you're gonna really regret it and it's gonna be a dark lonely alley you're gonna be walking out trying to find that next head coach of that team Mike Tomlin has brought stability there 
and he's given a culture that very few organizations have. So, yeah, I mean, Mike Tomlin with I – mean, it's funny. You, you, we think back to that – even that Roethlisberger year, you're right. It was the ghost of the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger, his last year in the NFL, and you're like, this guy should not even be starting, yet he still found a way. So it is what it is. The Steelers were in the playoffs. But spoiler alert, they are not going to be, Trista, in my top ten for my power rankings. Let's get no. to those NFL power rankings now. Ben MGM tonight, power rankings. Hell yeah. Surprising here. I can't believe I'm saying this, but my number 10 team is going to be the Green Bay Packers. Now, I'm not going to be as crazy as Ryan has been, and we know he's just, you know, riding the roller coaster that's been the Green Bay Packers as well. Uh, the Packers do not have the best quarterback in the NFL in Jordan Love, but. Jordan Love against the Bears, 27-32 passing, 316 yards, couple of touchdowns, fourth straight game with a passer rating over 100. I mean, he looks like a legit franchise quarterback now. And, you know, I, I, I get the fact that we look at this and say, well, you know, he's been in the offense for years. Yeah, but he's been playing behind Aaron Rodgers, hasn't had a ton of time practicing even with the ones. This was his first year as an actual starter for the Green Bay Packers. You would expect, even with a couple of years within the organization, it's not the same as just getting out there on the field. Jordan Love has gotten out there on the field now, and we've seen him answer the challenge, right? When you hear your general manager say, yeah, this last stretch of the regular season is really going to determine what his future is with the team. That Essentially, they were saying, hey, play well, or we may move on from you already. Well, he played well, and he's helped get the Green Bay Packers to the playoffs. They've won three straight games right now. I, I really love the way the Green Bay is playing, so I'm going to have to put them in the top 10 specifically because of Jordan Love and his play. Number nine for me is the Rams, a team that I loved coming into the regular season. Loved the over on their win total. It was just six and a half. They went over that. It's a team that when healthy is a playoff team, right? And here they are, healthy again. They snuck into the playoffs. They are a playoff team. But the big thing for me with the Rams, as we've gotten to this point, is they got young talent contributing. It's not just Matt Stafford. It's not just Cooper Cup. But it's Puka Nakua in the season, obviously, that he's had. A record-setting rookie year for a wide receiver. But you've also got Byron Young, Kobe Turner. These are both third-round picks for the, the Rams. Remember, they haven't had first-round picks in years. They just said, F those picks, right? Just got rid of them all, won their Super Bowl. We thought they'd totally tank. Byron Young and Kobe Turner finished second and first among rookies in sacks this year. This is third-round picks. So they were able to find some younger talent and then put themselves in a position to succeed with that young talent. And you know what that is? That's a sign of a great front office, and that's how you rebuild teams fast. And they've actually overachieved this season. But if you got Matt Stafford throwing the football to a couple of really good receivers, Kyron Williams now in the backfield, I mean, this guy, right? We know week after week, rushing and receiving yards every single week for Kyron Williams. He's there with Christian McCaffrey. He's one of those guys you take that prop every single week. So they found their running back. They found their feature back that also was a good pass catcher out of the backfield. The Rams are dangerous. They can go in and they can beat Detroit. That's how good that team is right now. They could even be a sneaky play for a team to win the NFC. It's not like they don't have a, a roster with guys that have experience there and a coach that's already won a Super Bowl. So they're a really sneaky team that now healthy is better than what their record was, especially during some of the roller coaster early in the year. Number eight for me is the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are another team where you watched, obviously, at the beginning of the season and the 70 points, and you're like, oh, my God, this is a Devon Achan. And they're like, look at, what they're, look at what they're capable of, and they're so deep. Then the defense was a problem. But then the defense got better once Jalen Ramsey got out there. So you're thinking, okay, a little more balance now. They actually aren't a liability defensively. And then the injuries set in, and a lot of injuries set in with this team. I mean, they just went out and signed Justin Houston 
and Bruce Irvin because they need somebody to get out there. They just need guys to go after the quarterback. They need edge rushers. They need anybody to just fill that position at this point. Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips already out with season-ending injuries. They just put Jerome Baker, uh, Cameron Good, and Andrew Van Ginkle all on injured reserve. Like, they have no depth left at that position. So to me, the Dolphins are a real liability. I think they lose to the Chiefs. Chiefs are four-point favorites. I think that's about right. And I think Kansas City ends up winning that game. The Dolphins, certainly, even if they get Jalen Waddell back, have the ability to keep up at least offensively with the Chiefs because we know the Chiefs are a liability when it comes to that wide receiver core. But defensively, the Dolphins are just, it's going to be hard for them to overcome what they've got going on injury-wise. Now, I put the Browns in at number seven because they're kind of the opposite, right? The defense is everything for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, think about this. They started five different quarterbacks. I know Jeff Driscoll at the end of the year was just kind of like, let's throw somebody out there because we've already got the five seed locked up. But they clinched the five seed with five different starting quarterbacks essentially this season. And that's still a testament to their defense and Kevin Stefanski and the coaching right now for the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco's experience, though. like I, Joe Flacco has a chance to throw multiple interceptions in just about any playoff game that they have. But it's also because the guy's been out there for a few weeks with this team. So mistakes are going to be there. But to have him thrown into this position where he is, a veteran that's won a Super Bowl, played in a lot of playoff games, and also willing to air that thing out. They're willing to throw the football with him. And you've got that Browns defense on top of it. I really love what Cleveland's at least ceiling can be. But it's still no matter what starts with the defense there. Number six is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they do beat the Miami Dolphins. The receivers are the big question, though, right? I mean, you look around and you go, you're 15th in scoring, and we don't want to count out Patrick Mahomes, though. Well, here's the thing about don't count out Patrick Mahomes, right? That's a fair statement. But this is Patrick Mahomes' season this year. Again, a lot of it is what he's got going on. A lot of drops. We, we, we've seen that the entire year. That receiver core is just walking brain farts. They make mistake after mistake after mistake. Here's Patrick Mahomes' numbers this year. Seven yards per pass, worst of his career. 261 passing yards per game, worst of his career. He threw a touchdown on 4.5% of his passes, lowest of his career. He threw an interception on 2.3% of his passes, highest of his career. His passer rating of 92.6, worst of his career. And he was sacked 4.3% of his dropbacks, which is the most of his career. So, this is the worst season Patrick Mahomes has ever had. And some of it's what he's surrounded by, but it's also still on top of that, the fact that this is just not the same offense and it's not the same team. I like him against Miami, but I do look at this Chiefs team and I can't go out and just say it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. There's more to it than just that. Lions come in at non number five for me. Sam Laporta's knee injury is the question, though. I mean, that sucks uh, that you're going into the playoffs now with a question mark on one of the best young tight ends in the NFL and whether he's not going to play. But the good thing is the, the the Lions have a ton of depth on offense, ton of weapons, ton of guys that they can throw the football to, and they're a top-five rush defense. So that's going to be something, a great matchup against Kyron Williams and the Rams this weekend. Can that top-five rushing defense at least contain to a point one of the big weapons that the Rams have offensively there? And, you know, look, Lions are playing indoors, and we know, right? Oh, Jared Goff loves indoors. You're going to be at home. You're going to have the fan base behind you there. I mean, that's going to be one of my favorite games to watch this weekend. But you do have a matchup that is going to be difficult against that Rams team. But I still put the Lions in at number five. And I got to take one of the hottest teams in the NFL and put them inside the top five. That's going to be the Bills. They could have missed the playoffs week 18. And they also could have won the division. Well, they won five straight and they won the division. We just talked to Ryan O'Halloran about that, right? We don't know what team you're going to get week after week from these Buffalo Bills. But you know what? It was a hell of a swing, and this is a team that's in playoff mode now. And how can you count out a team that's won five straight games with their backs against the wall, offensive coordinator gets fired? 
and they find a way to get themselves into the playoffs. But I am massively concerned about Josh Allen and those turnovers, right? Boom or bust. And what are you going to get? And can they overcome those turnovers? It's one of the most concerning things about that team. Your and my, well, they're not my Cowboys anymore, Trista. Your Cowboys, my Cowboys for one week, they come in at number three for me. And being at home is the most important thing for them, right? The Dallas Cowboys at home this year, we know. 8-0, 37 points per game, giving up just under 16 points a game defensively. And then on the other side of things, when they're on the road, 4-5 and five scoring just 23 points a game, and they've given up almost 21 a game. So they're way better defensively, way better offensively, much more comfortable, kind of like the Lions, really good at home, good indoors. Those things work for them. So for the Cowboys to be at home, that's a big deal. But also we watch them overtake the division at the end of the season. That's a team that's clearly trending up right now. Listen, Mike McCarthy's still got some pressure on him because you want to talk about walking brain farts for the Chiefs. Well, Mike McCarthy is also a walking brain fart when it comes to late-game situations of the playoffs. 49ers are in at number two for me. We know they're loaded offensively. We know that this team's got plenty of talent on both sides of the football. Some injuries defensively here. Brock Purdy actually has, right, a little bit of playoff experience. The problem was the last playoff game that he was in, he couldn't actually throw the football, so he's just kind of standing around. But that's really still going to be the question. Are they behind? Can Brock Purdy bring them back? We still really truly haven't had that question answered enough where you're comfortable saying that he can, but he at least is cool under pressure. Clearly nothing phases this kid, and on top of that, he's had at least some playoff experience given where they were last year, even before he got hurt. And obviously, number one, though, is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. I am a little concerned about Rust, but you're no way you're playing anybody in that sloppy game that you had with the number one seed locked up for the Ravens. So it's two weeks off. Lamar Jackson has playoff experience as well. He's locked in. He's healthy. This team is very healthy. So I don't worry too much about the rust, but it is still something that's at least in the back of my mind. But you do what you did to the 49ers. You do what you did to the Dolphins at the end of the regular season. The Baltimore Ravens now are playing the best football out of anybody in the NFL, even the Bills. I know the Bills have won five straight, but they haven't been as clean and a team that you're more comfortable with like you would be with the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens committed number one for me, Trista. Ravens, 49ers, Cowboys, that's my top three. Who were you vacillating on putting into the top 10 that you didn't put into the top 10? Because I want to get your thoughts on why no Texans and why the Packers? Just Jordan Love? No, the Packers, you're saying why Packers instead of Texans? Yes, why no Texans and the Packers? Yeah, I I think that one, I also like the fact you have a little more playoff experience in terms of the coaching with the Green Bay Packers there, I think, which is important. But that was the team's, that was what I was debating. Is it going to be Packers? Is it going to be Texans here? Texans are a much younger team. Well, the the Packers are a young team too, but I'd elevate just a little bit given the playoff experience from the coaching staff on the Green Bay side of things versus what you got with the coaching staff. D'Amico Ryans, at least, is a head coach when it comes to the Texans going into the playoffs. But again, I'm like, I'm splitting hairs at that point. You know, I love this Texans team. I love C.J. Stroud, and he's got the same amount of playoff experience as Jordan Love, so it's not like there's really that much of a difference there. But it was like 10A and 10B, basically, for when we're looking at with the Texans. I love, love this Texans team. And I look, they could go in and surprise everybody. They're they're playing with house money. They got absolutely nothing to lose. So that kind of shows, right? We talked about the back end of our power rankings a lot this year. Multiple teams where you're like, God, can I put them in? I'm splitting hairs and trying to come up with a reason why they're 9 and they're 10 and they'd be 11. It's tough. We're loaded. All right, Trista's power rankings next. It's BetMGM Tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Miami will punch. Back 
back-to-back -back possessions. Jake Bailey with a big punt. Sends Deontay Hardy all the way back to the five. Has some space. Takes up. Look out, Hardy. Gets a block downfield. Hardy's going to go. He's in midfield. Nobody's going to catch him. Deontay Hardy, 95 yards. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. You know, you can turn the ball over three, four, five times, but if you're getting returns like that and you're the Buffalo Bills, you can overcome pretty much just about anything, Trista. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and, and Josh Allen has been 15 rushing touchdowns on the year. I think that's the most for any non-running back. I was trying to find Sean Marash's Twitter feed. I can't find it. Somebody in the chat, I think Scott, said that we needed to find it. Is he off Twitter? Has he gotten his Twitter stolen? I mean, he just he tweeted a few minutes ago about Raymond Felton looking like he ate MSG. So that, I think that was uh, that was the last tweet that he had. Sean Marash, I love him. And he's not afraid to go after anybody at any point while at the same time stuffing his face with a burrito. And it's the best. That's why I love that guy. <laughs> maybe he blocked me. It's possible he blocked me. I can't find him. <laughs> maybe, maybe you did. I don't know. Uh, maybe you made you made uh, you made people mad over there. And <laughs> you, oh, no, a, you he, can't he, make he, an enemy with Sean Marash. He definitely blocked me because I'm looking for that. Oh no, there he is. I got him. Okay, got it. Okay, we're in. We're in. Woo. Okay, everything's back yeah. right in the world, folks. <laughs> it's, that's that's what matters. All right, this was my top ten here. Uh, Packers were at ten. Rams nine. Dolphins eight. Browns seven. Chiefs six. Lions 5, Bills 4, Cowboys 49ers, and Ravens is my top three. So, where are the Buffalo Bills for you, Trista? Where does your top 10 start in your power rankings as we wrap up the regular season? So, you talked about this early right before a break. Ashu is like, what do you do with the 10th the spot? And I think there were a couple of teams that were super deserving for 10. And I had to take the Texans and put them in 10. They're not only just a great story considering I think that all of us left them for dead, right? We did not expect the team that probably should have had the number one overall pick last year to be a team that's like a a real like a division winner and a really fun story. They had the worst offensive weapons ranked by PFF, and all of a sudden, how many guys that are on the Texans right now would you want on your favorite team? I know I'd love Tank Dell. I know I would like some Nico Collins. I have had Dalton Schultz, and I'd like him back. So I like him as well. Devin <laughs> Singletary, he's been a man. And we all thought that Damian Pierce was going to be the dude. This team's dangerous. Like like uh, Ryan said, uh, they're playing with house money, right? Like you've got Will Anderson, who's probably the best defensive rookie. C.J. Stroud, if he didn't get those uh, concussions, he's probably the runaway favorite for rookie of the year. He has 23 touchdowns to five picks. Josh Allen could only salivate for that sort of numbers. 4,100 yards passing. Uh, and he's had multiple injuries to his key guys, and they just continue to roll. So I like the Texans at 10. Number nine, a little lower than they are in your ranking, I've got the Dolphins. People that I respect, Ashu, like uh, Lockie Lockerson, say they wouldn't even bet on the Dolphins if you gave them Someone else's money to bet on. Free money. Wouldn't even place it on the Dolphins if I had to. I don't think I'm there. Like, I don't think the Dolphins are a team that you stay away from or fade no matter what the team is that they play. Because, listen, like they played really good against the Bills last week, and they still had all those injuries. They're missing 
their three best defenders. Tyreek is banged up, right? Like his ankle looked really bad uh, two days ago. Jalen Waddle has missed time. Raheem Mostert has missed time. You know, Bradley Chubb going down with that season-ending ACL injury, terrible. Achan has missed time. So the fact that they're even in the mix or they were in the mix to win the division is kind of stunning and the testament to how good the coaching is. I think that this is going to be a fascinating matchup because Miami at home has been a monster, but now you go to one of the worst weather conditions in the NFL where they're telling fans, Ashu, stay home. Like if you live in Kansas City, don't go to Arrowhead. It's going to be so blustery. It's going to be so cold. I think I saw like negative five degrees. So how do the Dolphins perform in negative five degrees? Probably not well, I'm guessing. So I like the Chiefs to win that matchup. And I'd probably like them to cover too if somebody, maybe anyone, can catch the ball for Kansas City. And that's why they're eight for me, Kansas City. They're just so disappointing. If Philadelphia didn't exist, like they would be the stinkiest contender in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the season, it seemed like they were a lock to win the AFC championship game. And now they play the Finns in sub-zero temps just to go get beat probably by the Bills in the second round in Buffalo, which they haven't played Josh Allen in Buffalo. They've got no wide receivers that they can trust. I don't know who that is. I guess it's Rasheed Rice. Yeah, you've got Travis Kelsey, but the whole Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing has been a massive distraction. I, they're not covering games while Taylor Swift is in attendance. The on-off splits for Travis Kelsey with Taylor Swift were cute, and they were a fun story at first, and and now it's just not that way, right? Like you've got Mahomes is running for his life on half of his plays, and it's really just the defense keeping them in games. It's the best defense that Pat Mahomes has ever had, and it's probably the worst offense that Mahomes has ever had. Like you mentioned, all those stats about him having all these different metrics that are the worst in his career, lowest in his career, or the highest in terms of interception percentage in his career, that's just ridiculous. So can I trust the Chiefs? Not right now. Would I be Would I be shocked if they beat B- Buffalo in Buffalo? No, because they just won the whole thing last year. Number seven for me is the Browns. I like the Browns. I like Joe Flacco. I like all the weapons that they have. I like their running game. I love their defense. Najoku, man. Amari Cooper, man. Jerome Ford, how can you not like that story? And I think that this is all setting up, and I hope not, but this feels like it's setting up for a showdown between Joe Flacco and his former team, the Ravens, which I don't even know what Ravens fans do with that information. Him going back to Baltimore could be tremendous. The fact that they got hammered by the Bengals without their key starters 31 to 0, quite concerning. If they can avoid the curse, because the Bengals used to do the same thing and then they got hammered in the first round every single year, and now the Browns are doing it. So if they can avoid that curse, I think the defense can carry them all the way to the AFC title game. And that's a, I, I, the Buffalo Bills do not want to play the Browns in, in, in Buffalo. I promise you that. Number six, Dallas. Uh, my, my bizarre Dallas Cowboys, I don't know what to make of them. Right, like the only team that feels like they should be, the only team that's better than Dallas is in the same sort of ilk is Miami, and they're both paper tigers, right? They look good at home. They look good against below 500 teams, and then they just, against good teams, come back to earth and show you their true colors. They're the only team with a winning record to lose to Miami this year. Gross. Dak has been playing awesome. CD's been elite. 
But I don't trust him. We talked about this in the offseason. I don't trust Tony Pollard. He's not an every down back. You don't have one. You're not rock, rocking with Deuce Vaughn and uh, our, our, our mans in them, like no Ezekiel Elliott. You have no goal line back. Micah gets double teamed pretty much every play. The defense is going to have to come to play even with their injuries. You could probably score on the Dallas secondary all day long, even though Deron Bland has been really good. Dangerous at home, love the home field advantage, but against the Packers, a team that's already put the Cowboys to sleep in the playoffs in Dak's rookie year, I'm very concerned. Very, very concerned. Number five for me, the LA Rams. I think that they're the most dangerous team in the NFL going into the playoffs. I think you think so too. A team that probably could beat Mm -hmm. anybody. Because of Stafford, right? Stafford's playing some of the best football in his career. And I swear that his back was hurt starting week one. I thought he might retire this offseason. And here he is looking like he's ready for another Super Bowl run. Kyron Williams coming back from injury. Just one of the best backs in football. And then you have, you think to yourself, well, Cooper Cup's dead. Cooper Cup's coming back from injury. And what do they do? They just find a new one. They Puka Nakua is the new Cooper Cup, and then Cooper Cup's actually not that bad. So like they're actually better than they've been in a while since probably peak Todd Gurley. They need a running game in order to succeed, and and they have that now. So and now you have Aaron Donald, who are going to make or break Rams games. Like I think the Rams beat Detroit in Detroit with Matthew Stafford in a homecoming game. It's first time playing in a playoff game in Detroit, even since he was a Lions, he never and a Lion, he never did that. Speaking of the Lions, they're number four for me. Feel good story of the year, right? I think we we want them to be good. We love that offense. We hope that defense can just show up a little bit. They are going to get cooked by the Rams in terms of their secondary. We saw what happened last game. Uh, and it wasn't pretty, boy. All the wide receivers ate and ate easily. I love Goff, but I don't like him on the road. This defense started pretty good. They're, I think, the number two rushing defense in all of the NFL. And they've gotten worse and worse over time. Uh, but Gibbs has gotten better and better over time. We didn't know how Gibbs was going to be used. He was seemingly on more of a milk carton than even Bijan Robinson. And now he's been used as a kind of a, a guy you can use all over the field. So I love him. I love Alan Ross St. Brown. Laporta injury, like you mentioned, very tough. He opens up so much in the middle of the field. I like this team. I think maybe they need to cook a little longer in the oven. I, I do think that they lose against the Rams. I really do, especially considering the injuries to Laporta and their bad defense. I think Puka and Cooper Cup light them up. Number three, you asked where the Bills were. Here they are. I was on WGR in Buffalo today, as I am every Tuesday. And I just said what they've all been worried about is, oh, this team is going to miss the playoffs. Is it, Trista? Like, tell us, give us hope. And I said, it doesn't need to look pretty, right? Like, they haven't looked good all year. And and all of a sudden, they find their way to the two seed, the best spot that they've been in in this era of the Josh Allen time. Like, this is a guy that that you were – this is a team that you were worried were going to make miss the postseason, which they could have. But Josh Allen is here. They have momentum. Their culture feels like it's in a better spot since they fired Ken Dorsey. And listen, like, here's the thing that you should worry about about Josh Allen, though. He's only had one game this season he hasn't turned the ball over. Is that not an insane stat? One game only without a turnover, a fumble, or an interception? But he has had 15 rushing touchdowns, so the good kind of weighs out the bad. Diggs, who knows what he's going to be? He's been on a milk carton. Number two, Niners. 
This team went healthy, very, very good. Uh, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, three-headed monster. And then, of course, the Ravens. Everybody's favorite team is the Ravens. They're, uh, it's pretty much the Ravens and everyone else. They're in a, in a league with uh, kind of alone. The, the music Isn't it funny because right for a while... Go ahead. Sorry. We were sitting sorry. there... We were sitting there talking for a while about how we thought that it was going to be the 49ers above everybody else. Jordan Dejani joins us next. Bet MGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. Live from Bet QL.